All right. Well, hey, I have a question for you. And the question is, how big is your faith? How big is your faith? Like if you were to be able to measure it, you know, do I have little faith or do I have big faith? Uh, little or big, right? Uh, what, how would you measure how big your faith is? Now listen, if you say, you know what, I, I just think I, I'm someone of little faith. Well, listen, you're, you're not in bad company if that's uh, your reality, if that's where you are right at this moment. Because guess what? When you read through the Gospels, right, the first four books of the New Testament, the stories of Jesus, we found that many times he talked to his followers about being people of little faith. Why is your faith so little? He, Jesus kept asking them. So if you're in the same company as the people who have transformed the world for God, then you know what, maybe it's not so bad being people of little faith, but I want us to be able to say our faith is growing. But so why did Jesus talk to his disciples about being people of little faith? Well, a couple examples. One time they were in a boat, right? The boat was out in the middle of the sea and a storm comes up, waves are crashing. And what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping in the boat. And the disciples are freaked out. And so the disciples like are shaking Jesus away going, hey, we're going to drown. Wake up. To which uh, Jesus responded in Matthew 8, 26 saying, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. What? Okay, that's pretty cool. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Why do you have such little faith? There was another time that Jesus was teaching his followers about generosity. But he knew that they feared what was physical. They had this battle going on. They, like, they, they trusted Jesus, the spiritual man, like they were becoming to believe this is God right here. But they still feared the physical. And he knew that. He knew that when he was talking to them about generosity, that they were like going through these mental questions. Okay, well, like, if I'm generous with my money, how am I going to eat, right? And how am I going to, like, buy, buy new clothes to put on my body? And so... Um, Jesus, knowing this, he points around to the flowers growing around, like this beautiful creation that God gave just to beautify the world. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6.30. He says, hey, guys, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, they're just here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And then he asks the question, why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? See, I believe this, that whenever we fear what is physical, you know, whether it's our physical well-being, whether it's what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, where we're going to live, what we're going to wear, all those sort of things, all the physical stuff in life. Whenever we fear what is physical, it's pointing out that our faith isn't yet as big 
as God intended. When we fear all these physical things, our faith has just not yet grown as big as God intended. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like we put God in a box, right? If you could picture right here, a box. And this is the spiritual box. And we put God in the spiritual box. And we love God. You know, he's like, this is, he's awesome. He's wonderful. He's, he's beautiful. He saved me, right? He's kind of invisible there in the box. But he's, hey, he's in the spiritual box. And but that's as far as our faith goes. It's trapped in that spiritual box. All the other parts of our lives, right? All the things we've just been talking about, you know, our well-being, our physical health, our money, our, you know, our clothing, our, our, all the kind of stuff. That's in another box. That's in the physical box. All the natural physical things that we have to deal with in our lives. That's in another box. And those two boxes sometimes don't meet up. We put God in the spiritual box, but we mainly live over here in this other physical, natural box. And I believe that that is the problem. It's the little faith problem. Whenever we keep God separated from the natural, physical parts of our story, right? Our health, our resources, all those things that are those physical parts of our life and our story, we become people like the disciples who are freaked out because of physical things, right? The waves, we're going to drown. And the, the generosity thing about, hey, we're not going to have enough you know, money to do the, the physical things that we need to do. That was the problem. It was the little faith problem. Because, hey, if Jesus is Lord at all, then Jesus must be Lord of all. Not just the spiritual things, but all of the natural and physical things as well. That's why Jesus said as part of the greatest commandment, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? One of the things that Jesus said is to love the Lord your God with all of your strength. I mean, he talked about the spiritual, emotional, relational things as well, but all of the stuff that makes up our physicality, our physical lives, because our physical lives, our natural lives are important to Jesus. Jesus cares about the physical and the natural parts of life, not just what we consider the spiritual. Maybe they're all spiritual. That's why Jesus didn't just teach people. Now we know Jesus taught some great truth. I mean, Jesus taught right, about salvation, and he taught about how to, to live as free people in God, not trapped under the spirit of religion or, or uh, addictions and all the things that would over, overtake our lives. He wanted to live, uh, us to live as free people, and he made the way for that. So he taught and told stories about God's kingdom and what it was like to live as people that would be transformed by the good news of the gospel. Like, he taught a lot, but guess what? Jesus didn't just teach. He didn't just give us ideas. He went into the physical, real, natural world. And what did he do? He went and visited people in their homes. He fed people who were hungry. 
He healed them when their bodies were sick. He even raised people from the dead. See, Jesus didn't just stick over into this little category of like, well, I'm the spiritual one here. No, he blew that box up and said, hey, let me into the rest of your lives because I am the God who is not only spiritual, but I'm over all things. Allow me to be the Lord of all those different parts of your life. Jesus is supernatural. He's supernatural. He goes to all of those natural places in our lives. And he brings his spiritual lordship and authority over each one of them. That's what makes him supernatural. But too many of his followers are just natural. We're just natural. You know, we live over here in the natural world and we forget that we need to invite Jesus in, right, into all the parts of our lives. Everything, including all of those natural, physical parts of our stories. In fact, our faith is always to be connected to the natural, physical parts of our lives. This is how an invisible faith becomes visible. Right? This is how it becomes physical, is linking our spirituality and our faith to all of those natural physical parts of our story. And it makes an invisible faith one that becomes beautiful and visible. Because our spirituality, our faith shows up in how we love our neighbor and how we love our enemy. Our faith shows up in the natural way that we interact on social media, right? Wow, our faith shows up there. Our faith shows up in what we do with our money. Our faith shows up in, in, in what we decide to put into our bodies and what we put onto our bodies. Our faith shows up in so many different physical and natural ways when we decide we're gonna live supernaturally like Jesus did and not keep God in a box, but allow, right, who he is and his lordship over all the aspects of our life, including all the physical, natural elements. This is what takes people from being people of little faith to being people of a big faith. And we've been seeing this reality show up over and over again over the past weeks in the story of a man named Nehemiah. He was one of the guys in the Old Testament. He's a, a literal historical uh, figure who was very instrumental in the rebuilding of Jerusalem after many years before that it had been destroyed by their enemies. The, all the, the Jews were carried off into captivity into Babylon. And over a long time, they began to migrate back to Jerusalem. But what they discovered was it was still in ruins. The walls that would protect them from their enemies had all been torn down and were still lying on the ground. And so Nehemiah has this just confrontation with this reality. And in that moment, God just moves on his heart to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. There was a spiritual, listen, a spiritual move on Nehemiah's heart, right? I mean, God showed up in, in a big and beautiful way in his story. He moves on his spirit, but guess what? It had immediate 
natural and physical implications. God didn't just say, hey, you're over here in Babylon, Nehemiah, but I, I just want you to start praying for Jerusalem. Now, would that have been a worthwhile endeavor? Absolutely. In fact, what we see is when God shows up, that's exactly what he does. He goes into these days of just praying and mourning over now what he knows is the state of his historic homeland. But he didn't only pray. He got busy. He linked, right, the spiritual with the natural and the physical. And so he moves back to Jerusalem in order to take on the task now of re building the walls. And we see all these kind of parallels in our own lives and stories. Because as people who are, who are on this journey with the Lord, working out what it looks like to be a Christ follower, right, in 2021, we are people who are not only people of faith, people who have given our hearts to Jesus, but we're people who are learning to walk out our faith in very physical, natural practical ways every day. We're learning to become people of big faith. We're learning to become people who are super natural, right? So in the story, a couple of things, this is a reminder of some things that we pointed out over the last weeks. When the enemies said, hey, we're going to come in and attack, they didn't like the fact that the walls were going to be rebuilt. What did Nehemiah say and how did he lead the, the people? He says, it says they prayed and they guarded the city, right? They did that sort of thing where we brought it to God. We, we, we went to the God who we know is spiritual, but it says they prayed and they guarded. So they did that which was spiritual. They did that which was physical. And all of it was a spiritual walking out of their faith. But the enemies, it said, didn't give up. And they were signaling, we're going to come right now and attack your city. And so we then read that Nehemiah led the people in this way. He said, remember God, who is great and glorious. Remember God and fight. <sighs> remember God and fight. Like we are contending here. And he said, we're to fight for our families and for our homes. And sometimes we just don't think of like that fight and that guarding as being a spiritual activity. But it's actually what made the story supernatural. Supernatural. Is that they prayed and they contended and yet they were people who also did the very natural things of guarding their homes, guarding their homeland and rebuilding the walls. Rather than fearing physical threats, putting God in a box over here, away from the natural, they had a faith that was big enough to embrace the physical parts of life and their story as well. And today, again, in Nehemiah chapter seven, I'm just gonna share just one little part of Nehemiah chapter seven. It's the next part. The wall has just been finally uh, finished. It's been all, all complete. And in Nehemiah seven, uh, three, we find out that not only did they have to build the wall, they had to guard the wall. And check out what Nehemiah says to them in Nehemiah 7.3. He says, do not leave the gates open during the hottest part of the day and even while the gatekeepers 
are on duty. Like even when their guards are there, don't leave the door unlocked, okay? Even while the gatekeepers are on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Then he goes on and says, appoint the residents of Jerusalem, right? Everybody, everybody who lives here has a part in this. Appoint the residents of Jerusalem to act as guards, everyone on a regular watch, okay? Everyone who's a resident here needs to always be part of this process of guarding the city. Everyone, always. And he said, some will serve as sentry posts and some right there in front of their own homes. In other words, everywhere you go, you're on guard. Some down the street as a sentry, some right outside your, your home door. So everyone, always, everywhere. Is where it was what he's saying is like, we've got to keep up our guard. So Nehemiah is saying two things here. Number one, keep the gates shut. It's not enough that we've built the wall and then say, well, we can just leave the doors unlocked and let our enemies just come in anytime we want, anytime they want. Listen, we could do a whole series of messages just on like how people give their lives to Jesus, but then they leave the doors of their homes wide open for the enemy to come dancing in, right? We could do a whole series on how to keep the doors shut and locked. But he says another thing here too. He says, one, you gotta keep the gates locked to keep the enemy out. Second thing though, is he says, you gotta keep your guard up. Keep up your guard. Everyone, always, everywhere, at home, when you're at work, when you're at school, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're with your friends, when you're at the store, everywhere you, when you're at church, right? We just keep our guard up because we know that the enemy is opportunistic. He's looking for areas to like come in and steal, kill and destroy. And so stay alert, keep your guard up. And this is this practical call to us to be vigilant in the name of Jesus, being supernatural people who both pray and guard, who both remember God and fight for our homes, fight for our families, fight for our people. So as we talk about this physical side of life, one of these five walls that we've been talking about, right? The emotional, the mental, the spiritual, the relational, but also the physical wall of life. We could go in lots of directions here, right? And we've already mentioned several, you know, just our, our uh, you know, sickness or health. We've talked about our, our finances a little bit and, and, you know, what we eat and drink, all those sort of, those are all physical, natural things. But I want to just focus for some moments together this morning on what I believe is the most constant physical reality that we have. It is our bodies. Like God gave us these bodies that we're meant to steward. Like we, we've got to like be good uh, keepers of these gifts that God has given us. Whether we're young or whether we're old, whether we're already in great shape, or not so much. God has given us these bodies. And as we've been talking about over the last weeks in these different conversations about rebuilding the walls, 
Why are we talking about this? Because we know over the last year, especially, man, each of these areas have taken a hit. Not, but not just emotionally and not just spiritually. We've, been, we've taken some hits physically. Our bodies have felt the effects of being in quarantine, being in a pandemic. And, you know, it's like not everybody has gotten COVID-19, but a whole lot of people have gotten what they're referring to as COVID-15. Right? Right? COVID-15. It's like... Boy, we, it's like the comfort food. It's like, we just like, I just need something to make me feel good. And do you know what I read this week? It's not just us who have dealt with COVID-15. It's our pets too. I mean, literally, they're like analyzing this. There was this major study done um, uh, this last year during, during like time people are in quarantine. People, 42% of people said that their dogs and cats had put on weight during COVID, during this pandemic. Why? You know, what's up with that? Two things that pointed out. One is that everybody's home more, right? So maybe, maybe your pet only got the table scraps, you know, once a day because you were home maybe at dinner and so gave, the, gave your, but now people are home all the time. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, that little dog's right there, right? Like waiting for their, their part. I want to eat along with you. The second thing it says that, is that pets have perfected their begging skills, right? Because they're with you all, all day long. So they have those puppy eyes, right? They're like looking. And, and so they have perfected those skills. One lady said, hey, every time I go on to Zoom, right, every time I take a Zoom call, my dog starts howling until I give the dumb dog a treat. Okay, so it's either give the dog a treat or I'm trying to do business and there's this in the background. Smart dog. Fat dog, okay? But it's like so, but all of us have had these different physical, you know, realities hit us, whether it's through sickness or whether it's through just all these other realities of not being able to get out the way we used to, maybe not caring for our bodies because we've just kind of been locked down and sitting more on the couch, eating more comfort food, all those sort of things. And because this is such an important reality, I've asked a coach, Coach Moss, to come and join us today. And so you've got some notes there in front of her. You can write this down if you're at home online. I would suggest grabbing a piece of paper because Coach Moss is coming into the house and he is going to help us to reboot or to rebuild the walls of our physical health. So are you ready to get coached? All right, let's get it on. Put on Coach Moss. Hello, Santa Maria Foursquare Church. My name is Brennan Mossholder. Yes, Pastor Tim is my dad. And I'm here today to share with you five pillars of physical health. I've been a PE teacher and a coach for the past five years, and it's my job to help make sure our young student athletes and our general population is healthy, uh, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, to go on with the rest of their lives. So today, we're going to be looking at five pillars of physical health. I'm going to be giving you some tips and tricks, uh, as well as three challenges to improve your physical health in the coming weeks and the coming months. Let's start with number one. Now, you guys might think that I'm going to be a drill sergeant, so let's start with an easy one here. Number one is sleep. 
According to the National Sleep Foundation, without enough sleep, the brain cannot function properly. This can impair your abilities to concentrate, think clearly, and to process memories. Sleep experts think that we should get between seven and eight hours of sleep every single night. Getting uh, less than six can cause a whole host of problems, including obesity, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, and many more. So, here's my challenges for you for this week, starting with the easiest, number one. Turn off electronics at least an hour before your bedtime. Doctors all agree that the blue light that's emitted from our cell phones and from watching television makes it really hard for our body to get into a state of relaxation and will prohibit us from getting great sleep. Level two, my challenge to you is to go to bed at the same time every single night. Our bodies crave consistency. And if we can go to bed at 10 o'clock on a work night, let's shoot to go to bed at 10 o'clock on the weekend as well. Try to be consistent with our bedtime all throughout the week. And level three, the Coach Moss Holder challenge for you. The hardest level of my sleep challenge for you is to get that eight hours of sleep every single night. I know with our busy lives, it can be hard to go to bed early and to get enough rest that we need, but it's so important to our physical health. I can just about guarantee that if you get at least eight hours of sleep a night, you'll feel so much better. Number two, my second pillar of physical health is nutrition. Uh, I really miss being in Santa Maria and uh, getting to eat some of your famous tri-tip. Uh, I really miss that, and I look forward to be back, uh, being back again soon so I can get some more of that. So let's talk about good food. Proper nutrition promotes normal growth, development, and aging. It helps to maintain a healthy body weight and reduce the risk of chronic disease leading to overall health and well-being. Weight loss, which I know a lot of people would love to drop a couple pounds, that COVID-15 seems to have hit everybody. Weight loss is all about our nutrition. It's calories in versus calories out. In my freshman health class, I often pose a question, how many calories do you think you burn when running a mile? And I get a wide range of, uh, of answers, but oftentimes it is extremely overstated. In fact, running one mile generally burns about 100 calories. Well, 100 calories, that's the size of one bite-sized Snickers candy bar. Uh, so it, we can see how nutrition, and if we're taking in too many calories, can easily affect weight gain. So here are my three uh, nutrition challenges for you for the upcoming week. Number one, let's try to not drink our calories. Let's get as much hydrating water, which is zero calories, and teas, which is often zero calories as well, into our bodies as we can. Let's try to cut out sugary drinks like sodas and juices that are going to be very high in calories. Level number two is to try to skip out on desserts this week. After we have our dinner, where, whether it's that Santa Maria tri-tip or maybe an In-N-Out burger, let's see if we can cut out the cakes and ice creams and pies and any other short sort of uh, sugary uh, after-dinner meal and see if we can cut that completely out for an entire week. And level three is to track your calorie intake for a week. Oftentimes, we have no idea how many calories we're actually taking in. And there's a whole host of apps that you can search that make it fairly easy for you to track your calories throughout a week. See where you're at and see if you need to make an adjustment. My third pillar, which is my personal favorite, I love getting into the gym, is muscular strength. A strong body allows you to perform movements and activities that require power without getting tired. 
Muscular strength helps you maintain a healthy body, uh, a, health, a healthy body weight by burning calories and enhancing your body composition, which is the ratio between fat and muscle. So there's two things that are really cool and helpful about strength training. The first is that when we're doing strength um, building exercises like a push-up or a curl is that we're putting tiny little tears into our muscles that then takes energy or calories to rebuild. So it's great for maintaining our body weight. The second thing is, is that as we are building muscle, muscle is a living thing and it takes more energy to keep that muscle living throughout the day. So if I have a lot of muscle on my body, it actually takes energy or calories to keep that muscle living just as I'm sitting on a couch and watching television or sleeping, which is really cool for helping us to maintain our body weight. So here's my three challenges for muscular strength. Number one is try to find a way to get 25 push-ups in throughout the day. You can do it from your knees, you can do regular uh, push-ups, and you can break it up. Maybe you need to do five in the morning, five at lunch, and that leaves you with 15 before bed. See if you can get 25 in. The second level would be to uh, bump that all the way up to 50. Again, you can break that up throughout the day. And the level three Coach Moss level challenge would be to get into a gym once COVID allows and learn some basic strength uh, building exercises, whether that be squats or the bench press or different ab exercises. See if you can get some experience uh, doing muscle strength building. My fourth pillar of physical health is our cardiovascular health. Now, I have a quick story about how I went overboard on this one time. My buddies and I are very competitive, and last January, we wanted to see who could run the most miles in the month of January. Well, we were using an app that tracks how far we go, and what we quickly found out is that we could see how far the others had ran. And so each day we tried to one-up each other for an entire month, and I ended up doing almost 200 miles in the month of January. My wife wasn't very happy with me because I was out constantly running, and my legs weren't very happy with me at the end of the month either. That being said, our cardiovascular health is super important. Before COVID hit the United States, cardiovascular diseases such as heart attacks were the number one killer in the United States. Having good cardiovascular health will make daily life easier and provide us with more energy throughout the day. So here's my three levels of challenge for you. Number one is to see if you can get outside and just walk for 20 minutes a day. Being in beautiful Santa Maria, you guys get a lot of sun. The forecast for me next week in Portland, not so good, but hopefully you guys can get out and get moving for 20 minutes a day. The level two challenge would be to kick that up to a jog or maybe a combination of a walk and a jog for 20 minutes a day. I also wear a Fitbit and level two challenge could be to see if you get 10,000 steps in a day. I like tracking my steps. And level three challenge is to jog or run a total of 10 miles in the week. Or if you wanted to get it done in one day, see if you can go out and do a 5K run, which is just over three miles. My last pillar of physical health to share with you today is muscular flexibility. Flexibility improves mobility, posture, muscle coordination, and reduces the risk of injuries and muscle soreness. As we get older, we lose some of our natural flexibility, so it must really be worked on. You might be able to picture a small child, a toddler crawling around. They can put their leg all the way back behind their head. Uh, we lose that as we age, so we have to really work on it. So here's my three challenges for you. 
Number one is to get up and first thing in the morning, do a quick stretch, start your day off with a little bit of flexibility training. Level two would be to get up and stretch three times a day during your work hours. If you're sitting in a computer all day, all hunched over, it's really bad for our flexibility. So getting up, having some movement breaks, getting a quick stretch in three times during your workday could be very important for you. And lastly, is to find an online yoga class and try and do it two to three times during the week. There's tons of great resources online, on YouTube, of different classes that you can take that will really help improve your flexibility. So let me leave you with this. Why is this all so important? Well, it's important because Jesus said it's important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were, uh, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. This week, may we go and do things uh, that will challenge us physically, and in doing so, may we glorify our Heavenly Father. Santa Maria Foursquare Church, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share these five pillars of physical health. Go out, be active, eat good, nutritious food, get plenty of rest, and have a great week. God bless. Coach Moss, uh, Brendan, we really appreciate that. That was uh, outstanding advice. And uh, if you just look at that that uh, video image of him, yeah, he is all that. Um, he practices what he preaches, and I appreciate that. And uh, Kelly and I, uh, well, we have our daughter's wedding coming up in a few months. So we have decided we're going to take some of these challenges because we want to look as good as we can as we uh, support Kaylin uh, in her future uh, wedding ceremony. It's going to be beautiful, and we're looking forward to that. So we're, we're using that as kind of a goal for us a few months out. It's like we're going to take some of these challenges. Some, some here may be listening and might be saying, you know what? I'm too old to do some of those things, or I'm too sick to do some of those things. I just don't know if I have it within me. I love the fact that he broke it into smaller incremental challenges. You don't have to start with the 5K. You can just start by getting out of bed, doing some stretches, and maybe taking a short walk during the day. I love that. And we can all monitor what we're, what we're eating and try to get some better sleep and turning off electronics an hour before we go to bed. Some of those sort of practices, very healthy. Why is this important? Because God says it's important. Because Jesus cares about our bodies. He cares about our physicality. He cares that we are healthy and that we are well. So guess what? Whatever state our bodies are in right now, we have to say, God, this is what I have that you've given me to work with. So what am I going to do? I am going to glorify you with my body. I'm not just going to put God in a box right, and say, this is my little spiritual savior over here. No, we're going to be people of big faith. We're going to have faith that is big enough to embrace the physical parts of life as well and recognize that how we care for our bodies is a spiritual endeavor. It matters to God because he put us here on mission. And if we're not healthy, we're not well, if we're not stewarding these bodies that God has given us, we're not going to be able to complete the mission and the task of loving the world for him as he's given us to do. Okay, so you ready? You ready to be 
physically healthy just in the same way that we want to be spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, and relationally healthy. Are we good? Come on. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So we are rebuilding the walls of our lives, those things that God has given us to add protection, to add security to our lives. And we are gonna keep on remembering God and fighting for our homes and for our families. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you care about all of the physical, natural parts of our lives. The Lord, that those are not separate from who we are spiritually. But God, you care for us in these ways. And so, Lord, we want to take your command to glorify God, to glorify you with our bodies. We want to take that seriously, Lord. We want to give these bodies over to you. And maybe you need to, right now where you are, whether you're at home or whether you're here, you may need to, like, take them this moment and say, God, I give you my body. This body is yours. Not just my spirit, Lord, but all of me. Lord, and wherever I am in my current state of health, God, I know that you care about me. And you died for me. Lord, you died that I would be set free, not just spiritually free, but physically free as well. Lord, I believe that's why you even demonstrated that fact by healing people and setting them physically free while you ministered on earth. So Jesus, we right now, we take this moment to say, God, here we are. Here I am. This is your body. I want to glorify you with it. So I'm going to move out today, Lord, in new ways of, Lord, wanting to be physically healthy. And anything that has been a hit to this body over this past year, whether it's COVID-19 or whether it's something else that, that has just kind of taken a hit on my body, Lord, I pray that you would give me the strength to address it and to get after it and to be well, to be healthy in your name. Now, listen, there may be other people here that are like, you know what, that's all great. Um, I didn't really come here today, uh, you know, to get physically healthy. I came today because I know that my spirit is far from God. And you know what? God is, does care for our bodies, but he also cares for who we are spiritually. And if you are carrying the weight of the world on you, if you're carrying the weight of sin on your life, things that you've done that you know are outside of God's will for you, and you know that you're far from God right now, guess what? Jesus says to you, welcome home. He says, your sins are forgiven as you just come to me and lay those all at the foot of the cross. You can have spiritual freedom just the way that you can have physical freedom. And if there's anybody here today that wants to say, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be someone who just puts my trust fully in him and what he's done for me. We're gonna have some people right up here at the end of service and as socially distanced as we can. I'm gonna invite you to come and just say, you know what, today I'm saying yes to Jesus. And if you're online and if you say, hey, I wanna give my life to Jesus, 
You can just say that right now online and we're gonna reach out to you and make sure that you have the resources that you need to move forward in saying yes to Jesus. Hey church, you are loved. So grateful that you're here. Look forward to continuing our conversation in Nehemiah and being strong at home next week. You are loved. We'll see you soon.